0: Go. Hey everybody, we are launching. I'm so excited to be launching. Oh, I feel just so much excitement about this emotional planet, really getting some information out in the world about emotions. It feels like a deep calling of mine. And I'm so excited to finally have answered the calling after many years. I think it was actually in college that I really fell in love with Krista Tippett and her online show and I started mm-hmm having a really strong desire to do something like this. And then in the last like four years, it's been pressing at me. So it just feels great to finally like, okay, I'm putting something out and I'm really proud of the work I've done so far. I guess pride is an interesting word, but um, so here we are launching and I'm launching with a little bit of an interview. My dear friend Liesl is going to ask me a couple questions just to help me Um, share with you why I'm doing the podcast and then we're moving into some Q&A questions with with people as well. So thanks for being here, Liesl and everybody.
1: Oh, so glad to be here with you, Ayla. Um, I would love for everyone to hear because you have such a diverse background and so much to bring and every time we talk, I feel like I learned something new. That's like, you what? You did what? You were like, there's (laughs) so much there. I would love for you just to give like a brief timeline of how you got to the place where you're ready to offer this.
0: Oh, well, that is a great question. It's so interesting. I'm like on the verge of tears, even as we're, cry as we're talking because I feel like it's a baby birthing here. Mm. Um I had done emotional healing work, first got into it as we all do out of my own trauma and need healing mm. as a minister when I was back in, in ministry and kind of simultaneously got into yoga and then learned the technique myself, mostly to use on myself, and then gently started incorporating um the emotional healing work into my work with uh, Pastoral care and in the ministry, so I was working with college students. Anyway, then uh, from there, kind of launched my own practice when I moved to California, and have and loved the intimacy of that work. Loved getting to hear people's, just be with people in that way. But ultimately, I had a big awakening around like how important it is for us to teach other people how to do the work for themselves, the emotional work, the deep healing work themselves. And that Mm. it really didn't feel, it felt like my purpose, my life purpose, if you so to speak, Mm. was more in the creative realm than in the healing realm. There are definitely people out there who have this gift of healing and I definitely was able to work with people in that way, but the energy just never felt clean to me how I was working with people in that way. Mm. And what my deepest desire, is, is to actually give people the tools and the awareness for them to really master their own energy, to go to themselves, mm. to be their own guru, as we say in Kundalini yoga, mm. to know how their own energy systems works. Cause that's how we're really going to change things, not creating. I just feel like in some ways there was, we, I was creating dependencies on me and um, I needed to back out of that for my own reasons. Not that there's something wrong with that relationship. So that's, that's why I'm offering this platform and, and talking about emotions in this way and then i also get to connect with really amazing people who are doing work far beyond what i can could imagine and so it's it's the synergy that we get to create together so
1: that's why nice and so the people who are listening and coming into the podcast we get to learn all this from you we get to learn the tools we get to learn the strategies we get to learn from you and from other experts right? yeah
0: yeah that's the. it's really <laughs> kind of practice centered it's bringing experts and it's an embodied sense of of emotional health it's not just a mental conversation that we're holding you know when Mm. i have my guests on we're bringing in a whole energetic field we're bringing in a whole uh, body of wisdom with each of them Mm. so i feel like it's an opportunity for people to really tap into a lot of depth um on the airwaves so to speak
1: yeah yeah so it feels like where krista tippett is giving that really great information you're giving that deeper embodied tool like I can listen and drop in and get that skill and take it and use it I hope so life
0: yes that's in my life. intention thank you for saying it that way that makes that I like how you, you said that
1: yeah beautiful so can you give me some examples of what like how I'm going to feel or how you want me to feel as being part of this community. Like what, as I drop in and as we all drop in with you, how do you want us to, to feel? How do you want us to move through this? Like what's, what's your deepest desire for us as your listeners?
0: Thank you. You know, the word that came to my heart was peace. That's Mm. my word and peace. There's not a lot of like, sexiness around the word peace, you know, like juiciness. Lisa loves the word juicy. Um, but I really feel that when we can drop in and feel peace within ourselves, like it shifts the whole world around us and mm. it moves us out of anxiety. It moves. So many of us are so overstimulated in our nervous systems all the time mm. that if we can flip on the parasympathetic nervous system, flip off flip on the healing mode, the healing zone of peace mm. and calm and relaxation and start to let our bodies drop in to how we're really feeling. Mm. There's so much transformation that can create. And ultimately, I would love for people to feel more joy. But really, peace is a really great step that and that's kind of what I what my intention is.
1: Yeah, Well, and I think without peace, we really can't feel that great joy, you know, because then it's always sort of riding on this undercurrent of anxiety or worry about it lasting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, just as you said that, I just noticed my body Mm kind of, I felt myself even kind of start to sway and calm and relax as you dropped into that. And one of the things that I love about you and being with you and being your friend is being in communication there's this way that you hold the alignment within your own being that then you know, we're always matching with our mirror neurons and our energy. We're matching to the people that we're around. And I find that when I'm in communication with you, conversation or walking or being, spending time, there's, a, there's an alignment with you and a calmness within you that then brings that out in me. And so I just wanted to share that for those of you who don't know Ayla yet. There, you probably feel it already. There's a like, oh, okay, I can relax into and... So, how does it work? What's the like? As I'm joining, as I'm listening in, as I'm, you know, joining the podcast. How often are you doing it? What's how do I how do I get more? Like how do I how do I get the details? Yeah. So mm. uh, the the
0: podcast um, mm. has its own platform, mm. but the way podcasts work it's sort of hard to communicate with your listeners. Mm -hmm. So I set up a website daughter of creation where you can Mm -hmm. enter your Mm -hmm. email and then you get the show notes and you get an email every time some, one of the episodes is dropped. So I'm steering Mm -hmm. people that direction. You can find it on all the platforms or most of Mm -hmm. the major platforms like Mm -hmm. iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, there's Mm -hmm. a that it's on already. So just search this emotional planet. Mm -hmm. If people want to stay more connected and, um, with me and with this as a movement, I recommend going to daughterofcreation.com and sa- signing up with your email too. So I've sort of set it up that way. And then I do a weekly email with inspiration and, and my goal is just service is generosity. Um, getting a lot of this information out there right now. So yeah. beautiful. Great name too.
1: No oh, thanks. <laughs> Beautiful. And do you feel like there's anything else that we need to know before you get going? Oh, the one other thing you asked, I didn't answer.
0: Frequency. I'm planning to put about two mm. weeks a week out. Um, mm. I'm launching with two, and then
1: I'll put two a week out, and it feels like a pretty good rhythm. So that's what people can
0: expect for that. Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm really excited. I'm excited to listen to myself. I'm excited for all the people who don't know you yet and get to know you, and for the gifts that you're bringing. I just think it's it's beautiful. I'm um, so happy to watch your journey in this whole process so thank you for bringing your gifts thank you i love you lisa love you too
0: (laughs) Bye. all right and now hello julianne just dropped in as well so i just want to open up the floor to for questions i think a lot of you are muted if not off video. So if you would like to chime in with a question, here I am. I'm happy to support with whatever I can offer. So you can unmute yourself or you can chat to me and I'll unmute you.
2: Hello, Ayla. This is Akuda.
1: <gasps> Hi, Akuda. <laughs> nice.
2: And I have a question. Okay. So where did Daughter of Creation come from? Like where, where was the the creative force behind that?
0: Ooh. The name or just the the whole thing? Okay. The name, the vision, all of it. Okay. Um, Well, Daughter of Creation is a umbrella that I created for this podcast and for my consulting firm and for my work because I found that in my own deep sense of creativity, I was kept birthing projects and they would have their own websites and have their own, and I really wanted to create an umbrella, and then I started tuning into the idea that, like, we are all creators, and we're always in creation, and that is an essential part of being human. And it's this beautiful part of being human that lights us up, and I connect deeply with. And so when when I say daughter of creation, I'm really quite. Fr- I'll just come out with it and be esoteric as I am. Um, we are all connected with source energy you know, God, if you want to call it that. And we are, and that is another name for God is creation. Um, Goddess God. um, And we are all daughters and sons of creation. And there's actually like a very sort of Christian vibe in that understanding as us emanating from God, uh, our light coming from the original source of light. And there was just something in that, that, even though I'm not super Christian these days, that really resonated with me. And I wanted to claim my power as a creator with God. So that's how I put that together. And it means a lot to me, that that phrase. It really means a lot to me. Does that answer your question?
2: Yes, that was a beautiful explanation. <laughs> Thanks. Of yourself and in your creation and in, in your, your vision.
0: Thank you. All right, Julianne or Amy, is there anything that I can answer with with you? I don't see. unmuting you yourself.
2: I have one more question then. Okay. Um, I would oh. really love to know um, the dynamic speakers like the types of information that you're bringing through, through your, through your podcasts, because, um, you know, what, what really is the, I guess like the circle of information or the encompassing information
0: from people that you're, you're bringing in.
2: I would just love to know more about that.
3: Sure.
0: Um, great question. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, the first two interviews are a great actual taste of some of what I'm interviewing. Um, I'm interviewing I interviewed Akuta already. That'll be coming out in a couple weeks um, about your work with DNA. But the two that I launched with actually, I think, kind of represent the gamut. Well, I'm, my interview with Lisa West talks a lot about emotions in the body, like physically, how we hold emotions, how we move through emotions, how actual physical releases can actual, actually lead to emotional releases which is fascinating to me. She has a deep understanding of the nervous system, the immune system, the skeletal system, and she can talk about how emotions really are held deeply in the physical body. And then Erin Glassman, on the other hand, we talk about love and creation and how um, our emotions pool in our heart and how we can actually use our heart and the the heart center to create in the world Um, and how different that is than using our mind. And I love that. And I believe that it is time for our whole world and our whole culture to shift out of being mentally oriented and really drop into our bodies and start to understand how emotions are guides and to use all of ourselves as creators rather than this more um, manifestation law of attraction idea of it's all about mindset. So he offers some really cool insights about how actually science is explaining that And so I love that gamut from sort of the spiritual, scientific, esoteric to the really physical, grounded, like Lisa has worked on bodies for 20 years, every day, almost, you know, so um, just, just really looking at emotions have a a really big part in our world. And I don't think a lot of people know how to work with them. So I'm, I'm bringing a lot of insight from the various aspects, hoping that some, some part of this will touch in and connect with people. I have another guest coming on, which I'm excited about, about pets and the emotional field of pets and how we're constantly engaging, not just with humans, and the, but we're engaging with each other um, and all beings through emotion. So, you know, this emotional planet.
2: I love that, thank you. I love these beautiful dynamic dynamic access points that you're, you're bringing in for understanding self.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And then when in your, I'll just say in your interview, it's amazing. We talk at the DNA level and how emotions are actually carried through our DNA multiple generations back and forward. We're affecting the seeds that we're planting, how we're responding emotionally is actually, we can transform it for our family and we can transform it for future generations. And that's really promising. I love the work that you're doing too. So it's really dynamic. Um, bunch a lot of work around this but um really fascinating to me I hope to other people too all right any other questions hey Amy
1: can
0: you hear me yeah I can
4: Oh great. Um I'll ask a question. I'm driving, so forgive me if I'm um a little I'm gonna do both at once. Um so I was curious to hear more about your process of um like like what you do to heal yourself emotionally on a regular basis, like what your you know, maybe what your morning practice is, or you know, if you could tell us more about how you work with emotions.
1: Oh sure. It's funny, I
0: set this thing up as like let me help you with your like questions you have, but everyone's asking them about me. So here we go. Um, my emotional process. So it is evolved. It keeps evolving. It's always evolving. I was talking with the Kudis community yesterday about, um, how I started and I was taught a certain technique where we used magnets and muscle testing and like a flow chart of asking certain questions of our emotions through our body. Um, and how to release that way. And then over the years, um, like I dropped the magnets at one point and then I dropped the muscle testing at one point and I really felt called to go within and just deeply listen. And now it's a very intuitive process where I feel an emotion come up and it comes to me more in a meditative sense where I sit with it and I sit in the mornings um, or I take walks being in nature is I would say my foundational spiritual practice and I listen and I breathe and I've done so much deep work opening all these channels over the years that, that the emotions tend to present themselves really clearly and really easily for me to work with. And so they come up and I, um, I, I really release them just with the power of intention of noticing and then um, letting them go. If there's an action, that i need to take like to forgive someone or to make amends in a relationship or sometimes to create a boundary i would say boundaries have been my biggest challenge in the last couple years of really understanding energetics of us as sovereign beings how we connect with and relate with other people and um really what it means to be in relationship but not be codependent Um, and so really cleaning up those energetic boundaries intuitively so I would say that the work for me started with emotions because I, I worked through a lot of trauma, uh, especially in the early days where I was I was doing somatic work. I was I was getting that that physicality of emotion to move through. Um, and now it's it like I said it's evolved and and things release really easily and lightly. And I I've been told many times, like Liesel just said, and actually my guests both of them have shared that my my emotional field is very open so when I work with someone or am around someone it opens other people's emotional fields and I think it's so amazing it's not just me doing this we're all doing this in whatever we're experts at you know and we carry this awareness with us and I just I've been thinking about that a lot lately and it feels like such a privilege to be there um so intuitively like um I was. It was interesting. Recently, I was working on, again, boundaries, but like some parasitic energy, some people who are kind of coming in uninvited into my energy field. And um, as soon as I cleared that, then I found that I had parasites in my actual body. So I'm doing a parasite cleanse right now. So it's so interesting to me how the energetics work like that. And so I'm still evolving. Oh, my God. Totally still evolving all the time and learning new things. It just feels like... Um, It's not so much a system anymore, but things um, come to me when it's time for my awareness to know about them. When it's ready to come up, it presents itself. And then I use whatever tool in my toolbox um, can help it at that moment. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. I can't hear you if you're saying anything.
4: Can you hear me now? Yes. Uh, Thank you so much. That was lovely. Um, You talked about boundaries. I would love to hear just some more, like, maybe advice you have about working with boundaries. That's something that I struggle with as well. Oh, my gosh. Um,
0: Go ahead. Oops. Yes. Keep going, Amy. Unless that was all you had to say. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yep. Uh,
4: so no, that was pretty much it. I'm, I just would love to hear um, just any advice you have for those of us who struggle with, you know, creating boundaries with people. I also come from, you know, a very codependent background, as you know, and um, that's something that I'm working on and would love to hear any advice you have.
0: Absolutely. I want to do a whole episode on boundaries. I just trying to figure out, well, here we are, we're talking about it. Um, so energetic boundaries for people, especially women, I want to say, but although, you know, there's no generalizations really. Um, but we tend to have diff- more diffuse boundaries just in our, how we hold our energies tends to be more connection oriented and especially people who sort of identify themselves as empathic or really can pick up emotions, pick up things going on around them, which is everybody. Some people it's just more, a little more attuned in it. And, um, so a boundary, like we, let me just start with the basics. We all carry, we all carry an auric field around us. We have an energy that is beyond our actual physical body. And, um, this physical body is, is our best reference point of self. It's where we hold and contain, we've been given this container for our energy as humans, and this is where we get to relate from. So while the truth is that we are all one, you know, we are all connected, we are all um, able to feel everyone's feelings, to know what's happening across the planet, that is totally within the realm of possibility. What I have found is that um, being a human being actually works a lot better when we are contained in our sense of self. Um, This is sort of the contract that we come into this earth to um, participate in, to learn about who we are. So when, so that while we are able at times to pick up other information from other people, um, let me just start with some strategies. Like I don't tune into other people's energy without their verbal permission. So I don't ever, um, while I can intuitively read or uh, what's happening with other people, I never play in that field because Um, it just has proven to me over and over again that it is not stable to like psychically or intuitively be connecting with people at that level. So I always ask verbal permission and that feels like it's just bringing our relationship with everyone we meet down to the actual embodied level. Like we're having a a verbal communication about something because when you've been in these, I'm sure you know this Amy, but when you've been in these worlds a long time of meditation and you've opened up so much of your intuitive and um, astral body that this information does become um, available to all of us. So um, asking verbal permission, I feel brings it into this embodied sense and we get to then um, Actually, share in a real relationship. So that's been a huge, a huge guiding post for me in terms of boundaries. And then um, just being really, really clear about your agreements with everyone. Um, if there's an area that the area that I find it's difficult to have the agreements in is um, online realm sometimes. So I would say just being really conscious of what information you're putting in the world, who you're allowing to see it, um, putting boundaries on your most vulnerable information so that you know it's shared with the people that really understand you and can receive that information. Uh, there's a lot of, I think, talk of vul- vulnerability these days, and at the same time, <clears throat> um, not a lot of talk of boundaries, and those two get to exist together, because in order for it to be safe, for us to be bou- vulnerable, we get to learn how to create appropriate boundaries. So that means, you know, I say this sometimes, um, it's like if you were shouting your most sensitive personal information out on the New York City street side, you were just shouting out like who you're in love with and who broke your heart and and what your biggest, you know, thing of, your, you know, just, just shouting everything you're vulnerable out to the city street. Like there's obviously that's not the right context for it. Um, we get to share our vulnerable information with people who have built trust and created trust with us, and so these are all these are all questions of boundaries and of um, of really being sensitive about what an en- energy we're sharing. Because when we share from our hearts, um, that that heart center um, is really open, and we're really opening ourselves. And a lot of us have gotten hurt by being overly open, so then we shut down. And that's where a lot of us get to learn these boundaries and these tools for understanding how to be in connection in ways that are uh, building trust and trustworthiness with people around us. So um, it's interesting, my friend, both of our friends, um, Amy, Allison just jumped on, and she jumped on in the middle of the boundary conversation, <laughs> which we were just talking about. So, um, uh, what I would be interested to hear you, you say, Allison, do you have any other, Amy was just asking me about, to speak about boundaries. What has been your biggest um, tool or technique um, in working with boundaries? Oh, you're, you're muted, let me unmute you. Okay, I unmuted you. Okay.
3: Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, <clears throat> So I have found my biggest technique with boundaries um, is getting comfortable with feeling my personal energy, feeling what is my kind of, like you have your physical body and then you also have your energy field around you, like your mm-hmm. energetic body and so learning the more you can practice learning what is you and then you can decipher what is not you. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, this this is like a moment to moment daily practice where I'm constantly checking in every time I feel energy. um, Is this me? Is this not me? And um, to me, that is like one of the most important lessons in life is just learning is this me? Is this not me? Because a lot of times we, we can be picking up on other people's energies. We can think it's us or, um, you know, not know where this energy is coming from. And so for me, energy boundaries starts in with me. It starts with my energy field. It, It starts with my mind. You know, when I, my mind starts wondering, Oh, is this appropriate to think these thoughts, you know, like, Am I holding my boundaries within my thoughts, within my energy field? And so instead of like going out to others and saying, oh, you're crossing boundaries, I'm always just reflecting back, well, how am I holding that space? Am I holding my boundaries or am I letting people or other thoughts or other energies in? Am I violating my boundaries first and foremost?
0: I love that. I love that you're bringing the attention to the discernment part of it, which is that sometimes it isn't always clear what energy or what emotion is ours and what is someone else's. Absolutely. And so we get to to really tune into ourselves because sometimes we've picked up on other people's energy so much that it feels like our own. We especially do this with our parents and our children. And all of a sudden, we've incorporated it as our own emotion, and then come to find out, this was a big part of the clearing work. I was—I always did in the emotion in the emotional healing work—was like, "Oh, this isn't yours. This isn't yours. This is this is your mom. This is your dad. Oh, this is your boyfriend's. Oh, this—you know—and all these things that we unconsciously pick up from other people um, <clears throat> uh, can really co- create confusion in the field. That's what I see. It becomes very confusing how I feel because I some of what I'm feeling isn't mine so I get I get like a sense of um, like chaos like I don't know everything always is random and it's always changing and then that's for me what I love the my, my personal mantra of my life is satnam truth is my identity and it's about coming back into your own sense of truth and sense of self that sovereign self I was talking about because that is our reference point for the world is who we are and so the more deeply we hold, the truth of who we are, the more we are able to discern, Oh, that doesn't feel like me. You know, like, I, I don't feel this way. I don't actually think this, why is this coming in right now? Like I, and that tends to be where you find those, um, find your boundary with what feels like the energy of yourself. And then the more we are projecting through this beautiful filter that we've all gotten, we're all these unique beings like prisms, just reflecting light in all these ways, the more familiar we are with our own prism, uh, our own light and the prism of energy we're carrying, the more powerful we are. Um, because when we start bringing in other people's emotions, it it clouds, it clouds our ability to really shine the light of who we are. And so um, that's the purpose of this, is to really shine your light and be yourself. And then, you know, like the Marianne Williams or the um, Nelson Mandela quote, when we shine our light, we." Give other people permission to shine theirs really brightly too. And that circles back with my, my speaking earlier with Akuda about she was asking me why I called my, my organization Daughter of Creation. And, I, and it is because I believe that when we are in this creative capacity, each of us sharing our own creative light, that is what um, is the most powerful form of expression of sharing our light, is being in our, our authentic creation. So. Yes. Yes, is there anything else you want to add? Cuz I know we talk about boundaries. Allison and I are friends and we talk about boundaries constantly.
3: <laughs> I think you just you just nailed it, mm-hmm. you know, just knowing who we are because often we can then get carried away with whoever we're around, you know. And so the more you're anchored in your truth of who you are, then the less likely you are to to kind of do things that you might not have just because your friend was doing it or you kind of, you know, get pulled by whoever you're around. And um, so I agree with everything you said. I I think that was right on.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that too. And I'll I'll turn it back to you as well, Amy, who originally asked the question. Um, And uh, is there anything else you'd like to add that I missed or, or just any reflections? I'll unmute you myself in case you're having a hard time doing that uh unmute nope I can't unmute you <sighs> if you would like to tune in how about can you about hear it?
5: Me? Yep, gotcha
0: mm-hmm.
5: um no that was that was lovely and Allie thanks for sharing too um I um um especially with family what you're talking about like parents and such um I'd love to um I guess maybe ask if you have any advice for you know um how to move forward with with a like a codependent family that where you know you've constantly lived in taking on everyone's emotions and so forth and and um i guess creating a new space with your family um right now i i'm in that situation i know you've kind of gone through that like um and the way i'm handling it is just to just to i mean there's n- just a distance myself um which Um, feels right right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just curious if you had thoughts, you know, about that.
0: Well, yes, I think that's a great question. Really important question. I feel that when we are coming out of a place of really deep enmeshment with other people, with our families, like many of us are, usually the best way to first find your boundary is to create a fence or a wall, like just stake off new territory and it's your own and it's your safe place and that may be like you move or you have a home that's separate and you have very very clear boundaries about who can come in there and who cannot physically or um, when you're talking to them or when you're calling them or what when they're invited to your house and just really being crystal clear about those agreements and it feels like pretty much a wall at first you know like and then they have like a password to get in and get out and they're you're very discerning of when their energy is in and out because that's sort of the first step it's necessary step to walk through so then you get to really work in your own energy field for a while and without the interplay and without the influence but ultimately we don't want to stay there we want to develop your confidence and knowing who you are so that you can start to take down those walls and what I, and sometimes I say, um, that that first step often comes out of the mind. We just create some logical, some logical boundaries. Um, and then we want to, we want to come into the heart and actually start using our, our, our true discernment at some point so that we can be in more of a, a flowing relationship with people. So, um, that takes practice. So the first step is, is to really, create your own space to know yourself and be really crystal clear in all your words and all your boundaries. And if you slip up and you, you know, invited someone over for Thanksgiving and then they get there and you really, really don't want them there, then you share that with them. I mean, it's, it's pretty radical honesty that is required in that first stage of that, of this is not, good for me. I, you know, this is what I need. And it's really learning to express yourself at the beginning. And then as you develop confidence with that, and you practice that in other realms, usually there'll be relationships that kind of die off. Um, and that stage of your life, friendships, other relationships, colleagues, whatever that, that will just naturally kind of, um, leave your energy field because you're, you're creating some pretty clear, Um, sense of yourself and then you normally you'll start bringing in new people who are healthier and then that will start building your relationships so you'll start learning more and more what healthy relationships feel like and then that develops your confidence and then you can go back with those um those relationships that you really care about and you want to still stay in connection with like with family or um and then you you bring some of those skills in and you start being in discernment and then you learn um what what feels good and what feels right. Oh, it feels good to go visit my family for two days, but not three days. Um, it's a little too much. I like to stay at a hotel when I visit my family that feels right. Or I just invite them over to my house for dinner and then they leave and and we don't have an extended thing. Or, um, I just so value, you know, sending these care packages and like, so you figure out what feels really good to be in an honest relationship with people and, um, go from there. Uh, that's been my experience and it's, uh, it's a, it's a work, it's a work to do it. And it takes, it takes a lot of self awareness and discernment is the word that keeps coming up. So it's not just using your mind, but using your heart to say what feels safe, what feels right, what feels available. And then inevitably making mistakes. And, you know, I just, you know, I get sick every time I have a boundary crossed, it's like, boom, my body's like, Nope, taking you down went too far. And then I, and then I get to kind of reel back and and recover and, and, and this, and, reflect on why that happened.
5: Thank you. That was that was nice.
0: Is there anything else you want to add about your own experience?
5: Um, I, I think that I am just, um, I, I'm at a, at a place where sometimes, in a loving way, it feels right to just not be in contact, or not contact, but not be physically around my family.
1: Mm-hmm. And that
5: just feels right. And um, I guess, like, I'm just, like trying to learn how to navigate that with love you know and compassion rather than you know the 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 old rebellious me that you you know used to do it more in you know like defiance or yeah so forth or fighting and now and just being like loving about it and clear about it but also you know this isn't mine and I don't have to be a part of this you know just because we're family absolutely
0: absolutely We get to choose. We get to choose who we're in relationships with. There's no contract that you have to stay in connection with anyone. And that's a big, that's a big piece of like self-declaration. Like I get to choose if I want to be with my family at all. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think the, the paradigm for families are shifting a lot right now. Like how, how we are families and some of the assumptions around that family contract, I think are changing a lot in our generation.
5: Definitely. I feel like, um, like our, um, obligations are dropping away. You know, the feeling that you are obligated to, you know, be a part of things just because you're related or, or to take, take that, take that energy on because Mm -hmm. it's your family.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think the core of the essence of it is really going back to what is love you know, we're, we're in these relationships for love and we get to discern what, what is the most loving, um, loving way to be in relationship. But yes, just like, I think marriages are transcending, like needing to be in marriages for, um, for more practical, like survival sense. Same with families. We, we aren't, you know, needing to help on the farm in the same way. We aren't needing that and it's creating some freedom. And I think a lot of, Um, as when, as we birth any new form, um, a lot of confusion as we're, we're discerning what is the right way to actually be in loving relationships with our families. All right. Anything. Can I
3: share something about families? Yeah. This was just coming up yesterday with a client. So, um. One thing I wanted to just mention is, you know, we often, as you guys were just saying, we feel like this obligation with our family. And as we learn who we are, just like you were saying with the boundaries, learning who we are and what we value and what is sacred to us, we get to discern who we allow in our energy field, in our presence, you know, just like you were saying, oh, maybe it actually doesn't feel right to have them over. And the families, because there is so much stickiness because of growing up and we feel obligated and we have these ideals of we just want family um, to be like loving and perfect. And and we like have these false notions of um, what it could be or what it should be that we often allow these boundary crossings so much more with a family member than with just a random person, obviously, you know? Mm -hmm. And so learning what is, what is your value and what is sacred to you? And then asking yourself, is this family member honoring my sacred? Do they fit into the picture of what I hold to be sacred? Because this I think is a really big key and why we often feel bad is that, We have this obligation and therefore we let them in, but then they, they violate our sacred. They don't honor us and respect us in what's important to us. And then we feel upset. Oh my God, I can't believe I let that person in. And we wouldn't let like anybody else say those types of things or treat us that way. But because it's family, they get this in. And so really learning what's important to you, what is your sacred and does this, does this person honor that? you know, and really making that hard line of, you know what, you no longer get to be in my intimate circle because you're not honoring what's really important to me and asking yourself, you know, is this family member more important or is your sacred space more important, you know?
0: Yep. Wow. There's so much here. I'm glad you cracked that open, Amy. Really beautiful question. Thank you
5: yeah thank you for such beautiful answers
0: yeah it's fun to talk about this stuff I think it's so important it just feels really relevant um all right well we are are there any other questions otherwise I think we're coming down to the time I'd be happy to answer to chat more but go ahead
5: Oh, I was just thinking. Your so your podcast isn't going to be a Q and A format like this. It's actually going to be your interviews, right? Like, like, I th-
0: I'm actually thinking of doing some Q and As once in a while. I really like this format as well. Just inviting people to, in conversation, like we have. Thanks. Nice. What What are your? Do you think that would be effective? Yeah, I mean, I I,
5: I love this this sort of conversation. I mean, and I love. Um, I love Q and A Collins. I love to listen, you know, to other people. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I think that sounds really, um, really interesting. Yeah. I also love a podcast too. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I think what, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm doing this live on zoom and then posting it as a podcast. I do. There's a feature in the podcast. Um, that I have where you can call in and leave a message with a question that I can answer on air, which, which may be another way of doing that. So, okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you both for showing up and thanks everyone who popped it along the way. I think there were like eight or nine people who kind of jumped in and out of the conversation and the uh, listening. So it was it was cool to feel supported by you all, and um, just excited to get this out in the world. Thank you. We love you. Oh, love you too. Bye. Bye.
3: Thank you. Bye.